when we beat Tyrone in 15, I thought we were on a winner. <laughs> and we were in the final against you and then we just never showed up you know in the, in the final the football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app the news run on Off The Ball with Gillette put your best face forward with our new and improved razors this is News Talk you're very welcome along to Thursday night's Off The Ball. It's Richie McCormick here with you until 10 o'clock tonight. A busy three hours between now and then. Less than 48 hours to go now until the start of the Six Nations. We'll be previewing Ireland's opening clash with Wales at the Aviva Stadium and the Championship as a whole, assessing Ireland's chances with the former Ireland and Lions captain Brian O'Driscoll. Uh, Mark Keane has, of course, returned from playing in the AFL with Collingwoods. He is now going to be lining out at Crow Park this weekend for his club, Bally Giblin. We'll check in with him ahead of this weekend's all Ireland Junior Hurling Final. Gavin Cooney from the 42.ie is going to join us on the football show uh, looking at the possibility of Roy Keane returning to management with Sunderland in the coming days. Also looking at the resurgence of Celtic in Scotland and on top of that Tim Vickery as well will join us uh, a little bit later on in the second half of the football show. Oh, and it's been a big weekend of Ball World Cup qualifiers. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us you can do 53102 uh, for 30 cents is how you can get 53106 even for 30 cents is how you can get in contact with us. Be handy if I remember the text number uh, and also you can tweet us at Off The Ball and so on and so forth delighted to say Amory Donlan joins us in the studio for the newsroom good thing apparently I had a hot mic just before the news so people might have heard yeah, me I singing I imagine if what you said I, don't know, I was <laughs> singing the name of Vincent Aboubacar which is you know not the worst thing you could probably be caught guilty of no no I've mic. heard of worse stories of live mics <laughs> do you really Name names. Also delighted to say we're joined on the line by Ireland's peacekeeping envoy to South Wales, one Mr. Owen Sheehan. Owen, good evening to you. I'm very happy I was not the guy with the, the hot the mic. Hot mic. Yeah, that could have been Anne-Marie. carnage. <laughs> well, especially seeing as you find yourself. Are you and Chip Alley? Uh, basically, is that Chip Alley? Is that, uh, yeah, basically, that's exactly where I am. That, that is the, the address uh, of where I am. I'm just in the shadow here of, uh, of Cardiff Castle. Cardiff is. Uh, Hopping tonight, I think, is the word, because uh, as you might recall, we were chatting to Gerwin Price yesterday because he was in town for the Premier League darts, which starts tonight in Cardiff. So there are multiple minions. There are multiple people uh, dressed up as sunflowers. There are multiple different fairy tale characters dancing around Cardiff City right now as they make their way to the Motor Point Arena. It is chaotic. There may be no Six Nations game in town here this week, but there is uh, definitely a bit of a, a buzz related to some sort of sport. Are you, you might want to get it right. Are you not dressed as daffodils, seeing as that's the whole... You know, local what, flower. What plant. did I say? Sunflowers. Sunflower. Sorry, sorry. Of course, daffodils. It's exactly what they're just as. I apologise. Freudian slip. <laughs> potentially, I don't even Again, know what that means. You're like you're over there culturally <laughs> misstepping all over the place. It's it's actually what? we're supposed to be keeping the peace over there, and instead you're you're annoying more people than you've actually managed to come across. Um, it is a big night over there. I mean, like it, the the Welsh the darts Premier League has massive Welsh influence. Johnny Clayton's the defending champion. Garen Price is a former world champion, of course, and both are involved tonight. And there's a matchup of, of former world champs as well. You're going to go along for the occasion. Yeah, I was chatting to a lot of people in the queue before they went in and kind of asking them who they were most looking forward to seeing. Everybody's buzzing for the, the two Welsh lads, obviously, but Johnny Clayton is definitely the more uh, popular of the two, even amongst their own Welsh fans. Obviously, a, a massive 
uh, amount of excitement in amongst the crowd for this weekend as well because while darts they claim is taking over as the national sport of, of wales tonight uh, they're all pretty confident about what's going to happen this weekend there is this sense that yeah they are big outsiders on the odds uh, form for this weekend but i think everybody here is pretty cocky as uh, as welsh people have proven themselves to be about what's going to happen in dublin this weekend cockiness I, I would have thought it was slightly checked maybe by the amount of injuries that they've had coming into the tournament and because they seem to be more than anybody else really badly hit uh, alan Wynne jones obviously headlining the list of players that are missing for for Wayne Pivak this weekend but that confidence is still there yeah like 100% it's it's this sort of well we've been in this position before and they feel that you know they would factor in the poor club form the poor regions form into the whole sort of Wales are in trouble narrative that narrative was the same last year sure the injuries weren't as bad whatsoever uh, but uh, it was still a fact that their clubs were going poorly last year so I think that they've been here before on so many different occasions and they've always come away thinking to themselves well we've got half a chance of a grandstand here uh, like, I mean I'm sure you'll get into it in the news round but the, the teams are very interesting they look at that Ireland pack and probably see that as the reason why they are big outsiders for this weekend and I think that's why a lot of people will be tipping Ireland so a lot of the neutrals will be tipping Ireland quite healthily this weekend Yeah we're going to be talking about it obviously with Brian O'Driscoll after 8 o'clock on the show we streamed the uh, the Six Nations show a little bit earlier on on our social channels on YouTube etc etc and Brian's pretty confident from an Irish perspective uh, but obviously you've been putting that Irish perspective to the locals to the natives over there in Cardiff you've been out and about with your a hot mic of your own uh, and talking to the locals on <laughs> Yeah, very much so. So uh, after I was chatting to you on the news round last night, Richie, I went out to a, a training session. Uh, the great people of Clandaff uh, brought me out to a juvenile training session. The under-10s boys were training and they were like, go in there and have a chat with those lads. You know yourself, if you've ever been out to do a box with kids, it doesn't tend to go that well, except when I put to the kids that shock jock Ger Gilroy and shock jock John Duggan on OTBAM had been slagging off the Welsh and they got it back in spades off this kid. Did you hear that there was uh, somebody on Irish radio today who said Wales were very bad and that they're going to get hammered by Ireland? What do you Excuse have me, that, that, that's a bit offensive to us because we're Welsh. You could just keep your own opinion to yourself you could and myself. not say it. So if, you haven't, if you've got nothing good to say, don't say it. I agree. The sheer callow nature of your little uh, add-on there at the end. I agree, says Owen Sheen. Mm. Your 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 want to distance yourself from your colleagues is it's kind of scary to see how quickly you'll throw people under the bus. Oh, I mean, I was the the rat scurrying off the ship once uh, Peter Mahoney got sent off in last year. <laughs> I've been off the ship for a full twelve months and swimming to the shore as quickly as I can. Mission complete, I think, with that clip last night. Absolutely. Those kids are really confident. And uh, not only confident in, in putting forward their opinion, but confident uh, that Wales can get the job done. You also mentioned last night uh, that you're going to be talking to, to one of my commentary heroes, uh, the one and only uh, Mr. Eddie Butler. Uh, did you manage to track him down? Did you manage to, to get a mic in front of him on? I did. And, uh, Eddie Butler, I mean, you are somebody who loves your commentators, Richard, but I must say, uh, I have a bit of a soft spot for Eddie Butler as well. His voice is just absolutely incredible. I went out to Abergavenny earlier on today to meet him. That's where he's from, up in the valleys uh, again like yesterday. Just a beautiful surrounds, former mining area. And he loves living out in the country. He loves, obviously, this time of year, he's going to be commentating uh, for the highlights of, of Wales against Ireland this weekend. Of course, the last time himself and Brian Moore will share a, a commentary booth for the men's Six Nations. So I chatted a little bit about that in, in the piece, which you'll play out in full over the course of the next few days. We might remember from yesterday as well, we kind of stumbled upon this idea of, of Welsh nationalism and the 
possibility of Welsh independence. Uh, he is a, a huge, uh, I guess, speaker in favour of that, and he has been over the last few years. So it was interesting to get his take on how that contrasts with the nationalistic sense that rugby fans get on a weekend like this, for example, with the rugby team. Here's what he had to say. All turn into rabid, passionate Welsh people standing up for Welshness. And then we play England and it reaches its spike, especially on that one day. And the things you'll hear in the changing room, you would think, oh my God, here is a country, a small country, truly at war with the big neighbour. But come Monday, when it's all done, the conversation dies. So it always struck me that there was so much passion on the day, but on the Monday, where it all gone? So I think it, it is, in, in geopolitical terms, a phony way of looking at Wales, that it's, it's, it is a stereotype that come rugby days, we all get hugely in, inflamed, but it leads nowhere. So we have to be able to tap into that passion and make it last a lot longer and, and, and be turned to the real issues. I mean, it, it is only a sporting occasion, but there's a real life to lead as well. And we have to make sure that that Welsh passion is focused on the real problems. Good Lord on. I, like, I've, I've, got, I've got chills, goosebumps, the hairs are standing up in the back of my neck listening to that man. I, like, I could listen to anyone who read the phone book. I don't know what it's like to, to sit in front of him and point a mic at him because he's just an inspiring figure. And a gent gave yeah. me a lift back to the train station afterwards. Insisted, had a had a pint while he was doing the interview as well. Just such a just such a good man, Eddie Butler. So it, this is going to be really interesting outside of sport over the next few years to see what actually does happen with Wales because uh, he says that the area that he's from. I mean, he's born to English parents, wouldn't traditionally be uh, very Welsh at all. And uh, this idea of Welsh independence has been kind of fobbed off on the, the north side of Wales. But he thinks over the next little while that's going to change, that, that people are going to find a bit more pride outside of the rugby and this will become a big topic of, of conversation. Uh, on, on the rugby front, I mean, he's he's very excited about Ireland's chances, this not only this weekend, but for the entire championship. He reckons that if Ireland get the job done this weekend, they will win the Six Nations this year. He's, he's not having France. Uh, he thinks that the jury is still out on them. What, what's his basis for not having France and why is the... That degree of they will let you down. And, I mean, if you look at the facts, it is, what, it's going to be 12 years this year without a Six Nations yeah. title. If they don't want to do it, yes, they have the, the most gifted team in the Six Nations and he's certainly not questioning that. But he reckons if Ireland get there back up a little bit and they get uh, the points on the board this week, potentially with a bonus point against Wales, that it is going to be all um, all plain sailing for them. Obviously, Francis is just a, this huge game then if Ireland get the job done at the weekend. But he's liking the cut of our jib and I'm not sure as a as a Welsh person saying that we should actually be too confident because, I mean, this is just deja vu of last year all over again. Yeah, it really, like, there's a lot of um, a lot of parallels between this year and last year, um, mentioning it earlier on. Like, nobody thought Wales were going to go and win a championship last year and they were within a hair's breadth of winning a Grand Slam. I think that might be a bit of an ask given the quality of the teams who got involved this year. Ireland have obviously improved. Uh, Scotland are a coming force. England are England. Um, and France are, you know, everybody's favourites to go and win this thing. But it's... Um, it's set up uh, pretty nicely for for a competitive championship at least uh, as well um, but how has the I guess the, the press reaction to your uh, shock jock colleagues been going down over there? 
I mean, disgracefully, they're, they're very, very disappointed in us as a, as a nation of, of poets and lyricists and all that. They're disappointed that we would resort to such things. I caught up with uh, Ross Harris, who you know from Premier Sport and mm-hmm. the BBC and a whole host of other uh, productions. He is uh, a proud Welshman as well. We went through some of the Welsh papers earlier on and uh, there is this tone, I found anyway, flicking through the Welsh papers, that the Welsh people are having the exact same conversation about Alan Wynne-Jones that we've been having for the last couple of years about Johnny Sexton. You know, the sort of, ah, He's finished now, you know, if, if he gets an injury or he plays one bad game, that's it, he's done. Two years later, you're still having the same conversation. The, the sort of ever-present nature of the men. Granted, Alan jones is injured right now, but I don't think anybody expects him not to come back to full fitness and play on for another little while. So I put that to, to Ross Harris uh, earlier on when I sat down with him. Is Alan jones and the conversation around Alan jones the same as the one that we have around Sexton in Ireland? They're a similar age, similar talismanic status, um, and there just seems to be a sense in Wales that as long as Alan wins around, everything will be all right. Um, so when you know it was announced that he was going to miss the tournament, um, we already had the likes of Justin Tipperick on the sidelines, Falatau missing a good chunk of it as well, Josh Navidi not there, you know, a lot of those talismanic forwards, Lions, um, but he was considered the biggest miss of all. Um, you know. I think he's 36 now, uh, same age as Johnny Sexton, right? So I, I think Wales has to start considering a future without him. You know, he made that miraculous comeback for the Lions, uh, which is straight out of the Alan Wing copybook, you know, <laughs> completely rule him out. And then all of a sudden, people are talking about him being ready for the first test. And you're like, what? How, how on earth could that happen? So don't be surprised, don't be remotely surprised if he pops up in round three yeah. of the Six Nations. Yeah, there you go. We'll have more from Owen, of course, on, on OTBM and his, his excerpts out in uh, in Cardiff. But the news round is brought to you with thanks to Gillette. Put your best face forward with our new and improved raises. We've got the team news today, Emery. Yeah, and Connacht's Matt Canson is set to make his Ireland debut against Wales in the Six Nations on Saturday. The Australian-born winger qualifies through his Cork mother. He has represented his native country at under-20 level and has really impressed since arriving to Connacht from the Brumbries last summer. The 23-year-old starts in place of James Lowe, who misses out through injury. Bundiaki is selected in midfield, where he'll partner Gary Ringrose. There's no place for Robbie Henshaw in the match day 23, with Ulster's James Hume among the replacements. Johnny Sexton then captains the side from out half, and he's partnered by Jemison Gibson-Park. Ian Henderson, who has been nursing an ankle injury, does not make the match day 23 either. Speaking at his press conference today, head coach Andy Farrell says that Hansen is well able for the international stage. He's a smart rugby player. He makes things happen. Uh, he knows how to get himself involved in the game. Um, he's got great feel. Um, he's got a good skill set uh, across the board. And he's tough when you first come into international camps, but uh, the ones who do it best and hit the ground running and you know end up getting to uh, a good few caps uh, straight away, they're the guys that are able to be told once or maybe twice and pick things up straight away and uh, Max certainly done that. Meanwhile, Josh Adams will make his first international start for Wales at centre and Dan Bigger will captain the side there for the very first time. There's something of the unknown for Wales about Mac Hansen Owen. What's the reaction to the Irish team been over there? Have you got any? It really is a sort of, as I said earlier on, the, the pack that is scaring them. And I think that's possibly why we saw a risk coming in the back three. I don't think anybody saw Mac Hansen coming. I think people saw 
potentially Robert Balakoon coming. But then when the news came out that he was going to be released uh, back to the club, that that all kind of became clear that something else was going to happen here. Because it did feel that the pack is so good. Jameson Gibson Park uh, had obviously kind of nailed down the nine and there was certain certainty about other positions. Whereas in that back three, there seemed to be a door ajar for someone to come in. Now, the thing is, uh, you listen to, to any Connacht fan or anybody involved in Connacht talk about this guy, already he has made a huge impact in the way they've played this season. And by all accounts, people who watch him week in, week out, this guy is absolutely electric. I can't remember somebody coming in as, uh, a, a, as a, a player who is perhaps as, as unknown within Irish rugby and starting a Six Nations game like this. Granted, I mean, I'm not saying he's a total unknown. Anybody who's watched rugby this season will have seen him play. Yeah. But it is just for half a season so far. It does feel, if you just take form and minutes into account, as close to a bolt from the blue as you're going to get when it comes to a Six Nations starter. Yeah, it's it's all down to do with the eligibility, I guess, because anybody who's come from yeah. overseas before has had to wait the five years. And uh, Mac, because of his his mother from Castle Martyr, gets to go straight into proceedings. Um, and O'Brien Driscoll thinks very highly of him. We'll talk about that uh, after eight o'clock as well. But we've also had sad news in Irish rugby today, Emery. Yeah, Munster Ireland and Lions legend Tom Kiernan has passed away at the age of 83. Cork native Kiernan won a then record 54 Irish caps between 1960 and 73, captaining his country on 24 separate occasions. He also featured in five tests for the British and Irish Lions. Following his playing career, he was in charge of Munster when they famously beat the All Blacks in 1978 and he helped guard Ireland to a triple crown in 1982. He also enjoyed a successful administrative career, which included a time as president of the IRFU. Yeah, and the omissions of of Robert Balakoon and Michael Lowry from the, the Ireland 23 have given them opportunity elsewhere? Yeah, him and Michael Lowry will both start for Ulster in their United Rugby Championship meeting with Connacht, which takes place tomorrow. They've been released from international duty for the game at Kingspan Stadium. Centre Tom Daly returns to the Connacht lineup, having recovered from a knee injury, while long-term absentee Dennis Buckley is set to start in the front row. I feel bad that we're keeping on because as we speak, Johnny the Ferret Clayton, his match is underway with uh, Joe Cullen at the uh, Premier League of Darts uh, not far away have you got far to go to the Motor Point Arena from where you are? No not at all it's like five minutes that way it's like <laughs> Motor Point that way Principality that way Cardiff Castle that way and all the pubs are that way it is It's a brilliant uh, city it's, isn't it's, it? Oh I mean if, if the Sims did a going out version or a <laughs> on the beer uh, this is exactly the town you would build Yeah This is like it is it is perfectly laid out it's just a shame that, there, that the game is not here and that's uh, I got to fly home on Friday because there is no game here but but next year and when the crowds are back it, it is perfectly laid out as much stick as we give the Welsh on our show their town planning isn't half bad Yeah I remember being over there for an Ireland Wales game in, in, a, in a would have been a Euro qualifier I guess um, back in 07 I think it was it was the one where Don Givens was in charge after uh, Staunton got the sack and I remember going oh where's the, uh, the, the Prince Bally Stadium and he literally turned around the corner and was like alright there's the big stadium in the middle of town <laughs> everything is so bloody handy it's unbelievable it's great um, and then saw Super Freon was there a couple of years ago too anyway uh, regardless news of Manchester United today as well Emery Yeah interim manager Ralph Rania confirmed that Paul Pogba will feature for the first time in three months when they take on Middlesbrough in the fourth round of the FA Cup at Old Trafford tomorrow night. The French midfielder has been out since early November with a thigh injury. He picked that up while on international duty. Ranić has also revealed that Mason Greenwood's arrest played a part in the decision to keep Jesse Lingard at the club. Greenwood has been suspended while police investigate rape allegations against him. The striker, who's currently out on bail, has also been questioned on suspicion of sexual 
sexual assault and making threats to kill. Ranyak says that Lingard won't feature tomorrow night and here he is when asked about the situation today. In a way, yes, but in the end, uh, the club also told me, the board told me that they couldn't find an agreement with any of those clubs uh, that were interested in him. So um, with the window closing uh, on Monday evening, um, for me in in the afternoon, the board informed me that they would rather want him to stay. And for me, that that was, uh, was a decision that I could fully understand and accept. So it was two things. One thing was obviously that we had the problem with uh, Mason Greenwood and being without a player for the time being that uh, has played regularly in the last couple of weeks. And on the other hand, the club couldn't find an agreement with any other club. He won't be part of the group. Um, He asked me and uh, the club if we could give him a couple of days off just to, to clear up his mind. And he will be back in the group, I suppose, next Monday, back for training um, and then be a regular part uh, of, of the whole squad again. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Owen, because we've got, um, obviously, Jesse Lingard has taken time out to clear his head and, and I guess he was ready to go uh, before deadline day. And Edinson Cavani as well is just back from a World Cup qualifier with Uruguay. They're both asked not to be involved against Middlesbrough. It doesn't exactly do the, the, the reputation of the FA Cup any uh, great service this weekend. No, absolutely not. I mean, he's got to find his consolation that works in attack pretty quickly doesn't he because yeah. it seems to have been a, a nightmare regardless of all the external factors over the, the last little while so uh, like Raniuk is it's such an interesting situation that he's in at the moment I mean like are, are we even sure that Manchester United are still going to go ahead with this guy as, as advisor at the end of the season or, or like at to what point does he do a bad enough job where he's not manager but a good enough job for him to be advisor next season like where is the middle ground on that and to what extent does he need to get to for him to not be considered as an advisor for next season so I don't know it's, it's, it's the uncertainty that came with Raniuk and the uncertainty now in the team sheet especially in attack which just creates a further cloud over the football club Yeah the Londonification of Everton continues apace Emery That's right as they've confirmed that Ashley Cole will work under former Chelsea and England teammate Frank Lampard as a first team coach Lampard who was just recently appointed head coach of the Premier League club also managed him as a player at Derby Cole will continue to be the assistant to England under 20 boss Lee Carsley Meanwhile, there's breaking news this evening in just the last half an hour as Steve Bruce has been confirmed as West Brom's new manager. That's on an 18-month contract. He joins the championship club after they sacked their manager, Valerian Ishmael, who on Wednesday, after just seven months in charge, Bruce considered retirement after leaving Newcastle due to the toll of abuse he received before being sacked there in October. But he's back in management at West Brom. Uh, Callum Robinson, Dara O'Shea, Jason Malumbi all at West Brom. You can't keep a good man down, Owen. Bruce, he's back. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, and what we've had recently is, is Dara O'Shea's return and he's been sensational by all accounts, hasn't he? So, like, this is uh, an important job from an Ireland standpoint because you're hoping that he manages to take Darrow O'Shea to the next level. I mean, this it, one thing is having the, the, the standard of goalkeeper that we have. There should also be a standard of depth at centre-back with everybody fit over the course of the next little while where you do have uh, a real dilemma to make like between, say, Omar Lavadelli and Darrow O'Shea for, for a place. Hopefully, over time, that will become a level of depth that we're used to having in in the goalkeeping position. So, Steve Bruce, I mean, the pressure's on you to, to deliver another top quality player for the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, uh, he's done it before uh, in Alex Bruce, yeah. of course, literally. Uh, <laughs> and he can do it again, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 as um, Brian Clough used to call him, Anne-Marie, Irishman.
Yeah, but it's great for Steve Bruce, isn't it? Like it ended so badly at Newcastle and he had such a horrible time at Newcastle working with Mike Ashley and the abuse he received was awful. And the embarrassment as well of how it ended, wasn't it? His 1000th game, totally clouded by the Saudi takeover and it was a matter of when he's going and it was an awful way to see that he could possibly leave. And you know that old-fashioned, staunch Englishman and he spoke about the level of the abuse and the toll that it took on him it was kind of surprising to see that he would pay any attention to it so it did kind of leave a sour taste in people's mouths but it is kind of good to see him back yeah he probably wants to go out uh, with a, a better taste in his mouth than he did at Newcastle um, finally Mr Keane yeah, Roy Keane could be back in management as well. He is to be interviewed by Sunderland for the vacant position at the Stadium of Light. The League One club sacked Lee Johnson on Saturday. That was after a 6-0 loss to Bolton, although they are third in League One. Keane was previously in charge at Sunderland between 2006 and 2008. That was a su- successful stint. He guided them from the Championship back up to the Premier League. He has been out of management, though, since being sacked by Ipswich Town in 2011. He has subsequently had stints on the coaching staff, as we all know, at the Republic of Ireland, Aston Villa and Nottingham Forest, and has also worked as a television pundit. This is going to happen, Owen, isn't it? It's just fait accompli. It just seems like we're heading there. Yeah, it definitely does. And I mean, this has been a real kind of split conversation, has it? It hasn't ever like between, I guess, a lot of Sunderland fans who have great memories of Roy Keane and maybe you could argue can't see the wood from the trees here with regards to Roy Keane recently because I know we were talking about him uh, this morning on the show and got a bit of backlash from Sunderland fans on on social media for for not being fully enamoured with Roy Keane's prospects at the club so it's going to be interesting to see how it happens like personally I'm I'm kind of open opening to see how this actually goes I'm not sure it's going to be a disaster but if you're saying it's going to be a disaster (laughs) I can see why Uh, Sunderland's uh, one of their non-executive directors happens to be a colleague of of Keane's at Sky David Jones who's often the man in the middle trying to keep peace in the Sky studio uh, has himself a gig with Sunderland so at least he'll have a kind face in the interview room yeah, didn't wasn't aware of that actually. That's uh, that's that's really interesting. Like, I, mean, I think there's a real sensitive moment that Sunderland have uh, got their way out of being a basket case over the last little while, and maybe yeah. people are kind of still have uh, season one of Sunderland till I die etched in their minds. But that has changed in fairness, so they're not uh, totally stupid. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this develops. Uh, quite the endorsement there from Owen Sheehan. Not totally stupid. Owen, listen, go on and enjoy the darts. Uh, Johnny Clayton is hammering yeah. Joe Cullen as we speak, so you might get there in time wow. for Gerwin Price's match. Uh, Owen Sheehan, more from Cardiff tomorrow morning on OTB AM from 7.30, uh, provided we can uh, shake you from your slumber. Uh, don't enjoy the darts too much then in that case. No, I absolutely won't. Richie, Amory, have a good one. Thanks, Owen. Have fun. There you go. There's Owen Sheehan, live from Cardiff, uh, mere yards away from Chip Alley. Amory, thank you so much as well for the news round. Time for this.